I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm and a glass of iced tea and enjoy. At some point in everybody's life, you stumble upon something that you bought you wish you hadn't. Well, we've got some great examples of that this week. And we'll hope you'll really like this week's episode titled, The Boat, The Mail Order Bride, and Buyer's Remorse. Terry, there's countless times, and we're going to go into some of this on this episode, but sometimes you buy something that you can't return. And I'm getting into buyer's remorse, so to speak. But there are times that you always can't return something. Once you get it, it's yours. That's a bad feeling if you purchase something, especially if it's expensive. And then you start thinking, oh, my gosh, I have made a mistake. And I guess really and truly, this is probably more the expensive than you think because you start out back and forth. And then the, by the time this product arrives, by golly, it's yours and it's too late. And you've probably invested some kind of money in it. Well, especially if you had to sell your spouse, if you're married, on the idea that it was really something that you guys would use. Well, oh, well this is a, a single person ordering this. What and do you mean, what do you yeah, mean a single person? Well, it's a mail order bride because I'm telling you, <laughs> when the, have you, I, I say, this is no joke. Have you not ever bumped into anybody that really got a true mail order bride? No. I, I mean, I know offhand five people that have done this, and I kid you not. The money that's involved in this course, it starts out with almost scamish of, you know, the internet back and forth. And they live in a different country. And then you got to send money. And then the next thing you know, their aunt and uncle need a little They always have some kind of something that stopped them from being able to get on the plane and come on over here. But I know those guys that have actually paid. And then they get here and they can't speak English, number one. Oh, I mean, they actually arrive? Oh, yeah, that they actually get. I know, I'm telling you about five guys who've actually gotten the mail order bride. And do and all of them have what we call or what we refer to as buyer remorse? I sometimes wonder if it's not the bride that has the remorse. Because, <laughs> you know, think about That's a whole different episode. Think about that, really and truly. But, I mean, you like her well, or not. she got what she wanted. She wanted to get country. over to her. Exactly. And but once she's married, she has citizenship. That's true. But then she stuck with him. I think you have to stay married several years to keep that citizenship. So are you saying that... It's bad on both sides is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I guess so. So that uh, it's a real sacrifice, I guess is the best word, to be that person that would be willing to marry somebody. And if they had to order the bride, then you kind of question what that person Correct. is like. Correct. I don't think it's going to be a Tim McGraw that she's going to get when she gets here. Yeah. Uh, she may have to close her eyes. And I am convinced, and I think most people know, that you can feel ugly in the dark. I'm telling you, it's rough, but you can feel it. And you think that in the case of these women, that's what they feel? Yeah, and they may not be as attractive also as their original picture, too, now. Because you know how things, it's like a car that you see on the Internet. Well, they'll take water and spray on it to make that paint look a little bit better. And then when you get there, that water's done dry, and it looks like crap. 
Oh, yeah. Well, so today you're saying that we're going to talk about buyer's remorse, right? Yeah, yeah. I think because everybody's bought something after they got it home and go, I don't know about all this. That's got to be a sick feeling. So I thought what we'd do is just start with what is the definition of buyer's remorse? I mean, I think everybody kind of knows, but let's just make sure on the safe side. It says a person might feel buyer's remorse after buying something for a number of reasons. The feeling usually stems from anxiety that the decision to buy was the wrong one. A person might feel remorse because he or she becomes convinced that there's a better option. In some cases, buyers experience regret because they purchased something they can't really afford or took a significant amount of debt to cover the cost of an item. Some people buy things they'll never use and regret the decision. There are ways a person can avoid experiencing buyer's remorse with a smaller An ill-planned purchase, returning the item, often can alleviate feelings of guilt. If a person regularly experiences buyer's remorse, he or she can implement a waiting period of at least one day before any purchases. After waiting a day, the person can better decide if he or she really needs the item. Now, didn't you tell me you have family members that once they had, they were cocked and loaded and they had decided that they wanted this thing, they immediately ran out and got it? We call it the Minuteman Syndrome. Oh, okay. Got to have it in a minute. Can't wait. Got to have it right now. And you waste money. My granddaddy was that way. I never met him. God rest his soul. But everything I've ever been told he, told about him is that way. And my brother, and, and I'll tell him to his face, my brother's that way. If it crosses my brother's mind, he's going to have it by dark. I think that's the thing that I think people, it either doesn't live up to the expectation that you built in your head. Or it is something that you truly can't afford, but you convince yourself that you can. And I mean, we talked about the other day about a friend that we know that we know is probably, and we have a lot of people that are out there not pointing blame, but they live beyond their means. Oh, correct. And so I think that that's kind of a, it's kind of a different buyer's remorse, but then they're stuck. You buy a house, which maybe they can offload now is a good time to sell, but Having to make that payment where that stretches their income for the rest of the month, I just couldn't live like well, that. I was glancing on Facebook this week. Of course, new cars are on there as well. And it now the big thing is they put the payment instead of putting what the entire truck cost. It'll yeah, only be this be, much. Well, now you can buy one that costs... That goes seven years or Yeah, and this was seven years at $893 a month. And I thought... Oh my, you know, when me and Angie first got married, our house note was not but 324. Then we moved up. It was 600. I cannot imagine having, and I know people do it every day, but I can't. $900 a month for a vehicle payment? Am I wrong? Or no, is that common? I, no. I mean, I think to me, that's, that's outrageous. And to, I'm probably, there needs to be an episode on me because I am that person that is so totally out. Poor Angie. She's driving a 2004 Tahoe right now because it's paid for and I can't make myself put my toe over that line to go buy something and go in debt over it. I think there'd be a difference if you really got desperate enough and there was a, a true need, but she don't go for it. You know, I her vehicle her, looks brand new. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And she's got a mechanic, an in-house mechanic that can but take care of everything that goes wrong with she it. She whines at least once a month about wanting one. And you know what it does? In one ear and out the other. It don't It don't phase me. I'm that guy that you whine all you want, but it's okay. All you need to do is put her in that Lincoln. <laughs> she will ride in it. <laughs> well, Scotty, what was some of the stories that you were telling us about that 
I thought were pretty funny about people that have had some true buyer, buyer's remorse. Well, before I go into that, I, and, and you think with me out loud here, what is probably the number one product in America that people go, yeah, that snap decision, and they go get it, and they always say it's the greatest day that you bought it, and the next greatest day is the day you sell it. A boat. There you go. I really and truly think that is probably the biggest, because a boat now could be thirty grand quick. Listen, especially if you go into the Ranger stuff even higher. Well, let me tell you, my mother has a condo at the beach, okay? And the way it's situated is it just seemed like the perfect thing to have a boat. So the family goes in, and, and I know that my husband and I were late coming in, but we decided we'd go in and go thirds, okay? At first, it was my brother, my mother, and my father when he was living. And then eventually, my husband and I just couldn't stand it. We you had got to be, sucked in. Yeah, so we were third owners of the boat. And it does give you pleasure because it's there's a lot of convenience in where we had it. And then you could pull it up and it's there for the whole time that you're staying. But the flip side of that is <laughs> it requires a ton of money to maintain a boat. Yeah. First, you got to have a place to house it. Oh, yeah. Then you've got to, and the gas in it. Okay, well, that's minor. Cleaning well, the, it. The, you, it needs waxing so often. Then you got to insure it. There are little things that go wrong with it all the time. Electronics on it. You exactly. know, there's always adding on to that. I mean, it, it does seem like that once you are a boat owner, and some of these folks out here may say, I've never had a minute's trouble with a boat, and I commend you for it, and you're lucky. But for a lot of people, they feel like that all they do is write checks. Put it this way. This summer, and I know it was kind of unique, all we have done is pinned a check here for and something. there for something that we have never ridden in this summer. That's bad. So that could be considered buyer's remorse. See, but a lot of people do. They buy boats, and um, and immediately they're thinking, oh, this is going to be fantastic. Because in your head, weekend. it's just like people that buy campers. Yeah. You have a lot of people that buy campers. You know, my husband is still convinced that he thinks that we do a lot of traveling. And I keep referencing that there are a lot of people that buy them, and they go one or two times, and then it sits there, and they have the best of intentions. We're going to go next year. Man, next year we're going to go here, and we're going to go there, and go here. And something comes up, and they're not able to go, or they just don't have the desire to haul the trailer or the camper or the whatever, the motorhome, whatever else. And before you know it, it's just collecting dust. Oh, can I raise my hand? Yeah. I have a story to go with that. 1977, I was eight years old, and my daddy got it in his head that he wanted a camper. So off to town we go. <laughs> and they bought the motorhome type. Oh, you yeah. Know. Yeah, y'all were yeah. upscale, weren't you? Uh, give $28,000 for it in 1977. So I don't know what money equates yeah. to now. But, I mean, that's a pretty decent uh, motorhome. Right. He brings I mean, which it. some of them now, Scotty, oh, yeah, oh yeah. they are buku money. But, but I he, mean, for the average family back then, I'm sure that was a nice motor. Oh, yeah, he was he was a he was a school teacher, yeah. so it was a lot a strain on the family. Well, we go to St. Simon's Island. Oh, I uh, love that in Georgia. Yeah, yep. one time we come back home and it sat there. It got a leak ten years later and ruined the entire wall. Cost fifteen thousand dollars of damage. Whoa, 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 back up. You said ten years later. Did y'all go anywhere no. from St. Simon's, Georgia, to ten years? No, it'd go to the gas station. All the tires dry rotted. Had to redo them. So 10 years later, has to do $15,000 worth of repair. My daddy died uh, five years ago. I had it hauled off uh, about a year ago. Gave it away. Now, you add the 15 and the 28 plus interest of buying it. That was the biggest waste of inheritance money I've ever seen go down the drain. Yeah. But others now, 
that is their thing. I got a buddy that's got one, you know, not far from me that he give like 90 grand for this pull behind thing. And he's going somewhere every other weekend. But so they're getting their money's worth. But he has somebody mow his grass. And, you know, it's not like me, who's the, the hands on type person around the house can't do that. Well, I think everybody has experienced buyer's remorse. I, I would say that for me, and I didn't at the time, but I think over time, if that makes sense, you start thinking, was this really a wise purchase? I was dang and determined. I was looking for a convertible. Okay. And I found this black MG, and it was sharp looking. Had my dad and I go over to a bigger city, and we look at it, and it's late at night. We go to these people's house, and I could barely look at it. You know, open up the hood, look good to me. I didn't know what I was looking at. My dad knows a little bit about engines and whatever else, but he's not your caliber, and he's not my husband's. We thought it was a good purchase. Wrote the check, drove home. That thing stayed in the shop. Day after day. Oh, my goodness. We pumped so much money in it. My husband knew how to work on it. His dad, who was very very talented uh, mechanically and, and just about anything else, he worked on it. We bought new fuel filters for it, a fuel pump. We bought, I mean, you name it, we, we purchased it. And then it was always taking it to a shop and having other things done. That you I, can't work on yourself. Yeah, and I never will forget one time I was brave enough to drive it to the beach i mean it's a convertible and i'm young you know i'm a single person at the time and i'm driving back on the causeway and somebody it's you know during the summer months it's it's not uncommon for it to be at a complete stop and i'm sitting there kind of idling and it's you know it's a manual and so i start seeing smoke (laughs) coming out the hood and I have to ease off to the side of the road. Thank goodness I was, you know, with my family and they were in a vehicle uh, in front of me. And we sat there long enough. And, of course, everybody that passed kind of gave me the cold shoulder or flipped me off because they thought I was the one that was causing the delay, which I was not. It cooled off and we were able to go. We didn't no more get 45 minutes down the road and it did it again. I had to leave it at somebody's house and have a tow truck come about an hour and a half to pick it up and haul it back it was nothing but trouble we ended up having the motor rebuilt in it i mean we really made investments from day one you know i got it as a single person i still had it as a married person and like i said my husband and his father worked on the car and finally i hated to do it but we got rid of it. I mean, it was just a money pit. Yeah. And there are it's those like kind of houses. Cars. It's like somebody has buyer's remorse because they buy a house that they think is absolutely beautiful. And it just needs a little remodeling. And then when they get in it, they yeah. find out it is a freaking nightmare that never ends. They that get one a, thing fixed movie, and then it's it? another. Yeah, with Tom Hanks. The money pit. That was yeah, the, name that, of it, the money it? pit. And it's like one thing leads into another that leads into another. You know, I think we've all had buyer's remorse and i'll I'll go in for as far as saying this do you think that things are made better long time ago you know because or in today's world because we got a lot of technology you know we've a lot of advances i would go uh yesteryear because most everything was handmade and it was a it was a quality thing that you made now it's stamped and sent into us from taiwan we have nothing made in america anymore there's no craftsmanship even craftsman tools are junk now i'm just gonna go ahead and call. they break all the time and who do you send it to now that they've sold out? Listen, we've been in our house since we built our house maybe 12 years, and we're on our third dishwasher. Well, there, prime example. 
So, but there's some cute stories about buyer's remorse that I thought we would just go over. You know, not everything is an expensive item. I've I've read where so many people buy. You know, like on TV, those pull up bars that you that yeah. you people regret buying at the moment they get it. And I guess the next thing on that list would be all of this cycling equipment that that you workout equipment that you put in the house. After you get that and the clothes pile up on it, that is huge. Oh yeah, like remorse. if you're gonna get a treadmill. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, and when do we buy treadmills? In January. Right. You know, right at the start of the new year, and and we convince ourselves. I'm going to work out every day and this will be convenient. I don't have to go into a gym. I can do it in the convenience of my house. And you're absolutely right. After a while, especially think about those Pelotons. Oh, yeah. If you don't use that sucker, you're spending a lot of money. But sometimes we just get duped, you know, and immediately we're thinking we either didn't do our homework. We spent way too much money for something that it doesn't pan out to do the things that it said it was going to do. Or we just quit using it. But in this example, here's a little story that I thought I would read. It says, I was a young, dumb kid fresh out of AIT in the Army. Now, what do we say AIT was? That is advanced uh, individual training is what that is. Okay. And I just got my new unit. I didn't have a clue about financial, and I won't say the word he uses, but I knew I wanted a car. Around that time, all my friends were hyping me up on Japanese cars, and I took a liking to the EF body Honda Civic. Okay. Me being a, let's just say, he says, uh, a dummy, took out a $3,000 loan to buy a blank EF Civic (laughs) off Craigslist from a shady dude. I was so ecstatic. I mean, can't you picture that? I kind of feel like I'm there buying that MG. You know, you you take the money out. You're buying this car that you, you know, think this is it. He said, I bought the car midsummer in Phoenix, Arizona, and had to drive it back to where he was stationed, which was about an hour past Tucson, Arizona. Okay. So he said, well, not even an hour into my drive back, the brakes cut out and I coast to the side of the interstate. I thought, hey, this can't be that bad, right? And then he says in all caps, wrong. I get out of the car and my front passenger wheel, well, is ablaze. And I have no idea what the heck just happened. I'm freaking out, screaming, just generally in distress. Not to mention, I'm stopped right under the underpass, and thick black smoke is creating a wall over the road. And at the end of the whole ordeal, traffic has been stopped back for a couple of miles. Eventually, my buddy, who I was following, got back to me and picked me up. I talked to the cops and firefighters, and then I left. That's all I could do. I didn't even have enough sense to grab my bag or the title of the dang car. Man, that sucked. Didn't even have the car for 24 hours. So it was a total loss. Total loss. Mm. Now that is buyer's remorse. The only time, and and do this, when you're buying something, I took somebody's word. You know, I'm usually, one time in my life on a vehicle, I knew them and they said their neighbor had it and said it was perfect. And I took the word and bought it without test driving it, and the motor was no good. I got burned that one time, and never again will that happen to me. Well, and there's other stories, too, where people will go out, and this is where they'll kind of stretch their income and say, you know what, this is a really good deal on a TV. You know, they're having a sale. Yeah. And then you go out, and you buy one, and then you get it back, and this guy says, I bought a TV, and I got the stereo system. And the he surround sound. Surround sound. He got all this stuff, and then he gets it all hooked up, and then he finds out that down the road, there's a better deal, and then you're stuck with this. And, you know, it's like, did I even need it in the first place? And did I overpay? That's a sick feeling. 
Oh, it's a horrible feeling. I bought some lights for the studio not long ago, and I was going to buy new ones. I had them picked out, and then I saw on eBay to where there was a used set. I thought, man, that's $200 cheaper than what I'm going to pay, so I bought the used one. I get them. I plug them up. No, 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 let me take that back. I let them sit for like two months before I opened it up. Then they didn't work right. And I was got off with Terry. I mean, got off with So did you end up just losing your money? Well, I plugged it in. I went to every, and I even went to my shop and plugged it. Still done it. So I threw him back and I called my son. And I said, you know, I got taken. And he said, I'm sorry. I should have told you not to do something like that. Well, he comes home three months later and guess what? What? There wasn't nothing wrong with him. I just didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that was buyer's remorse that ended up. A six, good ending. Yeah, six months later, but I really didn't know how to operate it. <laughs> what it but, a lot of, but a lot of people will have the best tenant. Here's another one. You buy a, let's say a Sea-Doo or a Wave Runner, whatever you want to call them. Oh, man, you're going to take them out every single day. And you do for about a month. And then you realize they start beating the crap out of you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you're riding waves. And then it gets old. And then it's just, I don't have anybody to ride with. And then before you know it, it's just sitting. How many things do we have as Americans? We're notorious for wanting toys. Correct. But how many of us really buy it at the expense of, I really shouldn't have, I didn't have the money to do it, or I did that in place of something that I truly needed? Like, you know, we don't want to spend money on things that we need to do to update. Like maybe um, the roof needs to be reshingled. Well, what's more attractive, buying the wave runner or, or reshingling? Or just repainting the inside of the house. Yeah, those you are things you kind of... on your walls? Yeah, but I mean, think about it. In the case of re-roofing your house, I mean, that could end up biting your butt where you yes, say, you know what, I'm going to spend that $12,000 or whatever it costs, and I'm going to buy that new thing. And then all of a sudden, you end up with a leak, and now the $12,000 that you could have spent on re-roofing your house now costs you double the amount because now you got water issues down your sheetrock and your insulation and whatever else. But it's those kind of things that I think that haunt us all the time, but we're just kind of like magnets to things that we want instant gratification for the things that you said like we want it what'd you call them the minute man minute man yeah exactly now and i've also heard this don't get caught into this say you're dating somebody and they're hounding you to bomb something just on you all the freaking time i know there's no other way to word it this is what i want this is what i want we won't leave you alone and you're kind of maybe i know a friend that was living with somebody she wanted a, uh, what do you call it around your backyard, a privacy fence. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you bought a privacy fence lately, but they're not cheap, especially if you go with the plastic type that's supposed to last forever. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it can get into about. The PVC ones are, yeah, they're yeah, really expensive. 12000 yeah. yeah, on up. Yeah. So he finally gives in with his own thing of not wanting to do it. Uh, the fence is up, and about four months later, he catches her cheating, and it's her house, so he's got to leave. And he's still paying for the fence because he financed it in oh his, in his name. And so he's paying for a fence for another dude. Uh, I think that is the ultimate buyer remorse. And there's no way to get out of that. No, because, I mean, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. I mean, mm. she could say he gave it to me as a gift and our relationship didn't work out. She doesn't have to specify why. And he stuck paying the bill. Yeah, because his credit is ruined if he quits paying. Exactly. Woo. I would say he got a had. All right. I got one for you, Scotty. What's that? These timeshares. Oh, Lord have mercy. You know how they are. This is what they do. You, you've you heard people say that they're going on vacation, they're going to be at the beach, they're going to the mountains or whatever else. And their trip is, for the most part, 
going to be paid for, or at least a percentage of it is. And the only catch, Scotty, they're going to pay for two nights at some hotel. Yeah. And they're going to pay for a meal or two and maybe give you a trinket of some sort. And all you have to do is listen to them and their sales pitch for one hour. And everybody that I talk to says, I mean, my gosh, they're picking up the hotel room for two days. They're going to give me a couple meals. I'm going to get a little trinket. And all I have to do is give them one hour of my time and they get suckered in. Oh, well, well, not my family. Exactly. There are the families out there that live for these little moments. <laughs> and well, that'd be my family. Let me give you a fine example of this. Let's go back to 1980. Okay. All right. Let's picture before we leave the house. My daddy, of course, at any given point in his life is going to have a brand new Cadillac sitting there. Right. But just because you got a brand new caddy doesn't mean you need to drive that caddy now, does it? <laughs> No, it does not. So it's shiny and bright yellow 1980 Cadillac with all the chrome. Plenty of room for four. But no, let's take the 1977 Datsun all the way to Florida. Because what? (laughs) We've got a chance to go to this motel meeting for a free weekend. Oh, so back up. Why would he not take the family in the nice, comfortable ride? Oh, because it's cheaper on gas to go in the Datsun. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, don't it? I, I guess so, but I'm sure y'all were crammed in there like sardines. Oh, it was horrible. Here we go to Florida, and we're in Mississippi. We're in central portion of Mississippi. It's a way down there toward Miami. Here we go. Right. And we'll have to talk about the 6,000 miles we rode in that car one time, too. <laughs> okay. On one vacation. I'm not exaggerating. Okay. But we pile up in that little car, go down there, and it was a dump, really. I, I'll never forget that. But you had to, it was a horrible-looking place. But it was paid for, right? Absolutely, 100%. They were going to put you up for the evening or for a couple of nights, I guess. Yeah, but they really thought they were going to sell my daddy. <laughs> and ain't no way he was going to get sold on this. But you know why he went? Why? He had this fascination, and I've never understood it, for clocks. Really? And there was a free clock involved. Okay, let me let me back up just for a second. Now, did you guys have a vacation planned to Florida anyway, but then you found out that there was this place that they'd pick up the tab if you listened to their spiel? Or did you purposely load up in the little tiny car and drive to Florida just so you could get the freebies. Absolutely not. We had no vacation plan. It was all about something free in Florida. And you probably got a phone call. You know, that's what they do. They call oh, yeah. and say, you won something. All you have to do is listen to a one-hour spiel. So I don't know what we had in gas money of what that clock really cost. Because, you know, you had to eat driving down there. So you got expenses <laughs> into this clock. I mean, now, how nice is the clock? The clock is uh, like, and let me use the word like, a grandfather clock. Okay. But... It's made out of that presswood stuff. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you remember a 1977 B210 Datsun hatchback. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's two doors. They're tiny. Right. Okay, this clock is as long as our studio table. <laughs> it will not fit in the car with the hatchback closed. So, so did you guys have to hold it? Here's my sister on one side and me on the other. And, you know, you ain't got much leg room in this car. And this thing hangs out the trunk. Now, also keep in mind, and I don't know if you remember back in the early days when you raise a trunk, how it smells in a car, and the carbon monoxide about <laughs> knocks you out going out. We rode back all the way home with that. 
And, you know, the other day I was at my parents' house going through junk, and there was that clock, and it took me back to 1980 for that brief moment of how miserable I was. You know what it sounds like, Scotty? What's that? That wasn't buyer's remorse. That was vacation remorse. (laughs) You know, the next time I bump into Clint Black, I'm going to ask him if his childhood involved a clock like that. Because he's got more songs than you realize about time. Well, there's Killing Time, No Time to Kill. Even the song about the lights are on but nobody's home talked about his watch. It affected me so bad, I had strapped a timepiece on my arm in years. Always remember this, ain't nothing free in this world. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. We'd like to say thanks for dropping by. And if you don't mind, tell a friend about us. We sure hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'll see you back next week here at Secrets from the South. <laughs>